0: I said hey ladies and fellas if you're listening. As a woman of color, it is so hard to find lipsticks and glosses that really pop on my beautiful brown skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When the lipstick is giving lackluster instead of Lil Mama, okay? (laughs) Well, I discovered the most radiant, saturated, and pigmented lipsticks for richer complexions and I found them at the lip bar. The Lip Bar is a black woman-owned and led beauty brand that focuses on providing effortless beauty options for all women, but especially women like us with highly melanated skin. Oh, and did I forget to mention that all Lip Bar products are vegan and cruelty-free? Get into it, friends. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to receive 10% off your first or next order of beauty products at the Lip Bar. Hashtag, you're welcome.
1: That represents literally 86% of the dating market, either not wanting anything, wanting something casual, or not knowing exactly what they want. What the study said is that 14% of the singles out there were actually looking for something serious. So if you don't know how to vet, and you don't know how to filter out to get to that 14%, chances are you're twice as much likely uh, to find a guy that doesn't know what he wants, kind of leads you on, says he wants one thing and switches it up, rather than a guy that's actually looking for a serious relationship. And if you're looking for marriage, not all serious relationships are marriage. So that number could even be less than 10%. That's why vetting is so important.
0: You are now listening to The Sugar-Free Podcast, the premier life advice podcast for millennial women. Welcome to the Tea Party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar-free Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea Up in here, we like it sugar-free Come through, stop by, get up with me With your girl, sitting back? I'm a little crazy to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast, the life advice podcast for millennial women hosted by me, your homegirl in your heads, Sid Mack. Now today's episode and today's guest are the truth. I am so incredibly excited about having this person to the tea party for a couple of reasons. Number one, we have another sugar free first in that we have a man. Yes, ladies I said we have a man here today to tell us about how we can weed out all the wrong men by asking all the right questions yes ladies I have invited dating coach life advice coach and betting extraordinaire Mr. DM Woods to the tea party today to help us figure out how to ask these men all the right questions so we can weed out the wrong ones. Listen, ladies, now, y'all know from our conversation in season one that we had about dating that I am not shy about asking questions, but you know, I'm a lawyer, so sometimes my questions and lines of questions can feel more like an interrogation than a conversation. Now, I'm okay with that. But, you know, I'm also not trying to scare all the nice men's away. Well, I kind of am. Not all of them, just the raggedy ones. So y'all know what I mean. I'm not trying to scare the good ones away. Okay, so I have invited DM here to help me learn how to ask the questions and ask the right questions in the right way so we can get to the right men. Because who don't need a blueprint, ladies? Right? Who don't need exact instructions? Nobody, right? We all need it. So with that, let's get right on into this episode and welcome Mr. DM Woods to the Tea Party. DM, welcome. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Awesome. So my name is DM
1: Woods. I am a vetting and dating coach, also a number one best-selling author. Uh, That's a dating book I came out with. It is Dating Advice 360 Degrees, the ultimate hack to getting what you want. Um, You can find that everywhere. But a little bit more about me. um, I found out that I had a gift for inspiring, advising and motivating. I really started off as a life coach. But as I started to learn more about what the dating coaches had to offer in this current dating environment, I found that I had a really good area of opportunity to give to other singles, men and women to help level up their whole dating experience. So in a nutshell, that's who I am and why I do what I do.
0: Yay! I am so glad to have you here today because we, I feel like, well, first of all, I know that the people who are listening to just the audio version of this podcast cannot see all of the shameless promotion you got in your book. You had to never say, oh, I'm an off of a book. <laughs> like,
1: <No>. yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to sell itself. That's
0: what they told me. <laughs> Look, y'all, yeah, he got a, a dating three hundred and sixty poster behind him. <laughs>
1: oh, definitely. Wait, wait to the wait to the summer. I'm I'm coming out with something brand. It's gonna <laughs> be moving everything.
0: <laughs> I'm not mad. You know, you can maybe get a cardboard cutout and just put it right behind you. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just in life. I'm not mad. Promote yourself. All right. That's why we're here. So I'm so glad to have you here because I feel like we've had many conversations on the Sugar Free podcast about dating, everything from finding high value partners to open relationships and exploring unconventional types of relationships. But the one thing we haven't had here is a man to tell us about dating, right? Like, it's just been us, a bunch of girls getting together, talking about our dating lives and our perspectives on dating, which is great. But I feel like... So in season one, our guest to talk about dating unapologetically said that dating is about collecting data. And I feel like the only way to have the best collection of data is to have a diversity of sources. So we needed to bring you here so that we can make sure that our data is on point. Right. And you talked about vetting like you're going to get us all the way together. So I'm, I'm so excited about this. So I want to start by talking about you as a coach and just delving more into who you are um, and your story. And so I've done my due diligence, AKA uh, Instagram and internet stalking. And so I have learned that your coaching style, you call it the 360 approach to dating coaching. Like, what is that and what does that mean?
1: So this is the thing. 360 means that you have to understand the market. You have to understand what you want. You don't have to understand who you are. You have to look at all different factors. What I think most coaches mess up on um, is they focus on a lens by how they view the dating market, the dating environment. The best way I can describe it is if we took an elephant and we put it in a, uh, a round table and everybody was sitting around that table, everyone would have a different viewpoint. So if I'm describing the trunk and you're looking at the tail, from me being able to, it's not gonna even make sense. So what I say is, instead of just looking at it from one viewpoint, maybe a traditional viewpoint, a modern viewpoint, a uh, cyclical viewpoint, whatever it is, instead of just doing that, let's take all the pieces together of this puzzle, put it together so we can understand dating at a grander level than just linear.
0: Gotcha. And so how how do you cultivate these pieces and put them together?
1: So great question. So a little bit backstory is probably when I was in 2017. I was single at the time. I was looking for dating and, and going out. Um, and I did like the one-on-one for stuff for a bit, but I was like, you know what? I just want to go out with some some black people and just connect and, and just not have any drama. And I was in the Houston area and I couldn't found, find it. So I created it. Um, and what that group started off of, of maybe five people grew to 10 eventually grew to 2,400 black singles in the Houston market. And from that experience, looking back, connecting the dots, it allowed me to see dating in such a different light, because as you can imagine, everything bubbled to the top. So the drama that was happening, who was sleeping with who, who was talking to who, who was playing this game in that game. And that started to build a foundation that I didn't know. So as I became a life coach, more and more things happened in my single life. I started to understand really what intention was. And as that progressed, I became a dating coach, unaware, like it just kind of happened um, where I saw all the connections. I saw the dots. And as I started to talk to other people about my experience, I really started to help un- individuals level up in their dating experience. So I kept doing it. And then I wrote a book. So,
0: okay. Okay. So, another one of my findings <laughs> from my internet stockings <laughs> is that you called your dating style or approach, I guess, back then as being a serial dater. Oh, yeah. Most of that. What, what that mean?
1: So at the time I was dating. Let's just let's call it call it what it is, right? The collecting data. Um, dating is just collecting data. So I was collecting a whole bunch of data. That's what I was doing. Um, I wanted to eventually get married. I wanted to eventually be with someone. But I thought I was intentionally dating. But the reality was my actions weren't aligned with that. Even when I knew that someone wasn't necessarily a match, like my true match for what I wanted long-term, I still would entertain that particular person. And I believe so many singles are doing that if they're in that Ferris Wheeler serial type of dating, where they're really just allowing their environment and their external situation to dictate their dating life. But I think that there's a different and a fresher way to approach it. And that's looking internally first.
0: Gotcha. So just just so that I have a clear, simple definition. So serial dating is just going on a bunch of dates.
1: Yeah. Essentially, it (laughs) is having fun. It's getting yourself out there and getting high on sexual chemistry and emotional chemistry in a nutshell.
0: Hmm. Okay, I can see how that may not be productive if you have a goal, but it could be fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, this is definitely fun. Let's let's (laughs) not get it's fun, but it is some risk with that as well.
0: Yeah, well, I'm curious. How old are you?
1: Thirty four, actually thirty five now. I just had a birthday. I gotta I gotta catch up.
0: Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> so like what age were you around when you decided that you were ready to be serious about dating? And I'm asking because, you know, like obviously you're not the every man and that you don't represent every man. But I'm just curious, like what what age do men really start to say, mm, I'm really ready to be serious about this?
1: So what I will say is I think that there is a trend out there that if a guy isn't and this is for black men, right? That's mm. what I'll speak to, right? If they're not married around that 30 years old, some black man, a good portion of them start to get like that 30 year old itch. And I had that, but at that particular time, I was more so forcing it. I found somebody and I was settling. Um, mm. After that experience, probably in my early thirties, closer to my mid thirties, I had that epiphany again. I said, hey, look, Like, enough of this stuff. I'm ready to get serious. Now, that doesn't happen for every Black man. But there is a pattern out there in the dating environment where you will hear about a guy um, looking to get married around 30 or his early 30s. Um, That's a pattern out there. That's a pattern that I follow personally. But that does not mean that that's every Black man. Mm,
0: Well, if you could just point me in the direction of those... Black men, that would be um, very helpful because I feel like so I'm 32 and I feel like that has not been the case. Like, I feel like I have met a lot of men that just want to play around and they want to play, play, play or they'll be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm serious and I want to be in a serious, committed relationship and that's what they're saying, but their actions are saying, I want to play, play, play. You know what I mean? Or I'll have my finances together. My hair ain't lined up, you know, my beard ain't connecting. So I just, you know, I want to be in a serious relationship, but I want you to put all your time, effort and energy into this relationship, but I'm not going to do the same. And so it's interesting that you mentioned that black men specifically hit a point at their early 30s or they're just like ready and looking because that hasn't been my experience.
1: Well, let's talk about it really briefly. Right. So Q Mm -hmm. Research um, put out a phenomenal study, which I believe is one of the most comprehensive studies that came out. It was released in 2020 and it was a comprehensive view on dating. Now, what that said in a nutshell is that 50% of the singles out there aren't looking for anything. This includes Mm -hmm. an average of men and women. Now, what does this sound like? I'm focusing on my job, my career, my kids, my family, my health, uh, my spirituality. I'm just taking a break. I'm healing. Right. We've all heard that. 50% of singles, 10% are only looking for something casual. 26% don't know what they want. They're they're not really sure. And that kind of sounds like the guy that you were just describing, like, oh, I kind of want this, but then i I switch it up a little bit. And then now something totally different. That represents literally 86% of the dating market. Either not wanting anything, wanting something casual, or not knowing exactly what they want. What the study said is that 14% of the singles out there were actually looking for something serious. So if you don't know how to vet and you don't know how to filter out to get to that 14%, chances are you're twice as much likely uh, to find a guy that doesn't know what he wants, kind of leads you on, says he wants one thing and switches it up, rather than a guy that's actually looking for a serious relationship. And if you're looking for marriage, not all serious relationships are marriage. So that number could even be less than 10%. That's why vetting is so important.
0: Mm, mm. Well, before you give us the secrets to vetting, because that's, that's what you had mentioned, um, I have to ask, <laughs> are you yourself single? Is single your goal? Because like you said, 86% of people out there ain't looking for nothing. And so, you you know, you're not above being human. So you could definitely be part of the 86%. So I'm just curious, are you single? And I ask that because I personally have a feeling of distrust of men specifically who give dating advice, who are single, especially when they are directing the majority of their advice at women. Like if you're a man, why don't you go ahead and direct your advice towards men? But if you're a single man directing the majority of your advice at women, I always in the back of my mind is thinking, what are his intentions? Are they pure? Is he really just trying to use this to run some game on some vulnerable single women out there who have now maybe opened up themselves to his teachings or, you know, have put himself out there as being this great guy when really he just trying to, you know, scam and scheme. And so I'm always in the back of my mind, just a little bit wary. So to put my mind and my listeners minds at ease, give us the tea.
1: All right. There is so much to that answer, but let's, let's peel back this onion piece by piece.
0: Well, let's uh, start with you first.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> Come on. Yes, I am a human. I, I'm real. Um, two, I am in a relationship. I am not single. Um, at the time of writing this book, I was, um, when I started farce as a, um, dating coach, I was single. And the reality is I use my own advice. Um, singleness is not necessarily a journey about finding someone. It's about literally making sure that you don't make the same mistakes that you've made previously. So if I can stop you from making some of the same mistakes that you've made in the past, you can have a better experience and not be as exhausted, stressed, or et cetera. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. I do believe that a single guy can make a phenomenal dating coach. Why can I, why do I, why am I Of course you that? do. <laughs> so let, but let me explain, right? So if you are dating, I believe that there's dating coaches, there's relationship coaches, and there's marriage coaches. All of those are three different experiences that are linear. They're connected, but they're different. And as a dating coach, when I was a single guy, it allowed me to be able to actively see what was going on. My boots were on the ground. I knew the websites that worked. I knew the websites that didn't from firsthand experience. Now, once you're in a relationship, if that information is not current information, it can be bad because we have seen dating change even within the last two years, three years. So if you haven't experienced the pandemic style of dating and you're working off of data from, you know, 2018 or 2017, it's old stuff. It's old information. That's why it's so important that if a dating coach is in a relationship or married, that they have clients that are actively single, that they're working with one on one. So you can know exactly what's going on now. I will say that there has been a lot of coaches that has not had the best positive intent. So I understand where that fear is coming from, but my advice to any of your listeners or anybody that um, is out there looking for a coach, really look at what they're talking about, see if it makes a connection and see if it makes sense. One of the biggest telltale signs is if somebody is pushing an agenda from a one-sided perspective, that's when I throw up my red flag. But if they're giving you a perspective about what dating is and not necessarily trying to push you to a particular place or think a certain way, I think that you should give it an opening.
0: All right, all right. Well, I, I, I still don't know enough yet about you to give you my personal, you know, like rubber stamp of trust approval, but you're saying all the right things. Appreciate- we'll keep going. <laughs> so I want to ask you about this vetting system that you've talked about or mentioned a couple of times. So what, what is the vetting system? How do we get our, our good picker on? All right.
1: So first things first, you have to know exactly what you want. And I know this sounds, it sounds like, Oh, that's so easy. I know what I want. Most singles know what they don't want. So let's, let's start there you wanna know what you positively want, not negatively. It's just like creating a vision board. If I'm creating a vision board, I'm showing a life I wanna live. I'm not putting all the things that I don't wanna do. Like I'm not putting death on there. I'm not putting a a man up there with his his pockets empty saying, I don't wanna be dead. I don't wanna be broke. Um, I I, I don't wanna be depleted and distressed. I'm not putting those things on my vision board. But for some reason, so many singles put that on their dating board. So the first thing that we have to do is say what we're actually looking for, getting super clear on that. Once we get super clear on that, and previously, even before that, you gotta make sure you do the work. So make sure that you're healed. You're not having someone else pay for someone else's mistakes, et cetera. So the healing is the first step, getting clear about what we want, and then being able to ask those questions based on our non-negotiables and our understanding of the dating market and in the future, what we wanna be able to do is find out what are some of the things that have stood out where after you've got a chance to get to know someone, maybe after one date, three dates, a month, three months, that you kinda of have that pattern happening in your life that once you get to uncovering this particular thing, it's over. It's like, dang, I keep finding guys that are X. I keep finding guys that are Y or Z or et cetera. You can actually add that into your vetting process. Now, simply put, what the vetting process is, is a short form five to seven questions where when you first meet a person, you can break the ice and then ask those individual questions to that person. I think it's very important because once you first meet a person, they are going to be their most honest with you ever. And what I mean by that is they don't have anything to go off of. They don't have that data yet. So they have to either speak from themselves on what they internally feel or try to give you their best answer about what they think you want to hear. And when you do those five to seven questions, they got to get them all right for them to pass that process. And even if they're just blowing smoke, even if they're that good, they're not going to get all seven questions right, all five questions right, based on the information of them not knowing anything about you. So that's why I say you want to first start with betting because you can filter out that rest of that 86% pretty efficiently. It's not perfect, but it's one of the best tools out there in dating right now.
0: Wait, 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 okay. Let's unpack this for a second. Let's unpack it. (laughs) So I got to ask these questions and and my listeners know I'm good for asking a, a question. I got a 10 point checklist. Forget five to seven, 10 point. But they have to get every single one right. Like if they get one wrong, no second date, cut it off. Don't even order dessert.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. I like that. Now, this is what I would do. I I would love to work with you, right? Because they wouldn't even make it to the first date. So you front load your vetting questions before you even talk with them, video chat with them, Or see them in person, exchange a number. Mm. So if you're in a dating app, of course, that's the go-to. If you're meeting a person in person, hey, you're already at a disadvantage. But let me talk about why. Now, this might make sense for a lot of ladies that are listening right now. But have you ever talked to a person on the phone and you've got like this uneasy feeling where you're like, you know what? Something ain't right about this dude. He's not saying it. But I feel it and everything else he's saying after, I, I can't even I can't even digest it because I my, my something wrong. Have you ever had that feeling?
0: Yeah, probably. I don't know. I listen. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I'm so out of practice with dating. I don't know. So look, but, so but the answer to that is probably yes.
1: Yeah. So a lot of women have that. And it's, it's, it's the intuition, right? Where, you know, it's mm-hmm. just something about him. He's not saying it, but I just feel it. Something's off. And that overrides your ability to hear anything else that he says because something's off. Now, when you meet a person in person, when you video chat them, when you talk to them on the phone, when you see them in person, there are hormones and chemicals released in your body from positive reactions as well. This is where that emotional and sexual chemistry comes in. Sexual chemistry is not just sex. It's about pheromones and, and, and these chemicals that are released in your body that happen when you first start talking to somebody. Now, a lot of people are familiar with this, that this happens when you meet a person in person, but just by hearing a man's voice, just by seeing him on camera and interacting with him in his mannerisms, internally, those cues are already going off. And what they can do, I say, a lot of people say love is blind, lust is deaf. And when a person is speaking, if you're really, really vibing them, you're not necessarily hearing what they're saying. You're just experiencing who they are. So what I say for my people that I'm coaching is when you vet, you delay gratification a little bit, you focus in on those questions. And then only when they pass those five to seven questions, you exchange a number, meet with them in person, et cetera, because you have a baseline, either compatibility or suitability with that person before moving forward. Mm. Mm.
0: And so can you give us some example of what some of these questions are? Because I know that a lot of women are feel uncomfortable or scared like there's a fear right if i ask these questions he's gonna go away especially if you're attracted to him but the point of the questions is to push him away (laughs) Right. That's the point. We want you to go away. And so what what are some questions that we should ask? And then what are some ways in which we can ask the questions to maybe make it seem less intimidating for? And so I know that I am like, I have been told. Because I don't believe it. But I have been told that I can be very intimidating to men as a person. And I've been told like, oh, you should calm that down. And I'm like, but why would I do that? Because then he's not going to be getting to know me. And I'm not going to be able to tell whether or not he's going to be able to handle my personality in its rarest, rawest form. Because this whole oh, hey, how you doing? That's only going to last, but for so long. And so when we get to, you know, we get to date three and I'm like, so what was really going on? Then he's going to be looking at me like, who is this girl? Right. And so Who's I <laughs> I have never been the type of person to tone down my personality. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how that works, but give us some, some examples of questions and some ways in which we can position the questions to increase the likelihood a that we gonna get some honest answers and that they'll be received as like vetting and not an interrogation. Cause I'm a lawyer too. So it can come off as that too.
1: So <laughs> I really love this, this exchange, right. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing my due diligence as well. So with that being said, one of the things you said, a lot of women struggle with, they struggle with fear of scaring mm-hmm. a guy away. So I want to touch on that. Again, they also, they're fearful of asking questions. Now, this is my question for you, right? If you were actually looking for a person that was really serious about being in a relationship, if they started asking you relationship-based questions, would that scare you? No. Okay. Now, if you did not want to be in a relationship, you just wanted to just collect data maybe spend a block or have some fun, hot girl summer, if they start asking you all these serious questions, would that probably put you off? Probably. Right. I ain't trying to hear all this. I'm just trying to have a good time. So you have to understand that vetting in questions is your friend. And if a guy is actually serious, if he's serious, you asking questions will not scare him. It's going to intrigue him. Because you're actually serious too. Guys and women, when they're serious about finding somebody, they're looking for the same thing. So if you're being intentional to a guy that's looking for a wife or looking for a long-term relationship or a partnership, he's like, oh, wow, she, ask, like, she asking questions too. It, it meets, right? Like attracts like in that energy frequency. So first things first, women, if you're listening to this podcast, be clear about what you want. You're only scaring away the individuals that don't want to play that game. So embrace that. Secondly, what you said, your personality is your personality. You can try to dial your personality back sooner or later it's going to come out. But tell me out of you and all of your, your listeners, who likes a representative? Nobody.
0: Nobody likes it. Well, can, 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 I, can I interject? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I love a good representative, especially if who you what? are. Listen, 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 let me explain, let me explain, let me explain, let me explain. <laughs> especially if who you actually are is a troll, <laughs> right? If who oh, you goodness. actually are is a troll and you have sent a representative to wine and dine me, I appreciate that. You know, I don't appreciate it when your troll starts slipping through. Right.
1: But <laughs> It's going to come out, though. <laughs> It's gonna be and it's gonna hurt because you get a, you get accustomed. You get accustomed to that. It's like being on a on a plane, they they regulate the air pressure and then somebody punches a window out. I know. Like who won't be scared? Like who doesn't like that, right?
0: <laughs> so, but I the representative is, was so good while he was here. Like, can I can I just enjoy him for, for this couple dates at least?
1: <laughs> I, my, I recommend no. Like delayed gratification is better. Because what I don't want you to do is get accustomed to something and then he pulls the rug from under you. Right. And what ends up happening is if that happens enough, if it happens enough, we start blaming the dating environment rather than the tools that we're bringing to it. Mm. And that can have a long lasting impact on a woman or even a man's dating experience. So the best thing to do is root those representatives out sooner than later. I know it feels good. I know the wine and dining is cool. But on the third date, when he's telling you to eat the cake and you don't want to eat it, (laughs) I don't want you in that experience. Um, So let's talk about vetting questions, right? I'm triggered.
0: I'm triggered. Like Because I feel like I have dated a, a number of men who have sent their representative. But the problem is, is that they send their representative for a long time. Like I've been in Years long relationships where, like, the entire first year, six yeah. months is like great, and then, like, something happens where I guess they just can no longer send their representative anymore, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> like, he just ain't available no more. And then it's like, <laughs> who is this person? And so, all
1: uh, right, he's not available anymore, but listen. um you have, have the actual person come out and play,
0: can like, I do representative know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I get it, right? Um, what, what I'll say is I, I think that that's the importance of vetting. One of the biggest issues in dating right now is mirroring. So people are looking to make a connection, right? Men and women both do this. We, we do this sometimes subconsciously, but we're looking to make connections. Even the individuals that are out there just serial dating, the reason why is because so many endorphins and, and all these things are released, you get a high off of that initial dating experience if we really think about it. Like, oh, he was so nice and he was a gentleman and he brought flowers and we went out to eat and he held the door open. Like That, that dating ex- is so fun. And then when it falls flat because there's not compatibility or, or, or um, suitability, to, to, to uphold that fire, it normally just burns hot. It's like, oh, I'm not really interested now. And we had to go out and do it again. And we end up getting to be junkies on the dating experience. But let's talk about why vetting is important, right?
0: Okay.
1: A vetting question that you want to start with. Remember when I talked about the 50%, the 10%, the 26% and the 14%. Now this is the issue. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier most individuals have a fear about communicating what they really want. Mm -hmm. Let's think about this. You know, women may say, well, you know what? Honestly, like I'm really ready to get married. Women are like, but if I say that I'm going to scare away all the guys. Think about it. Which guys are you scaring away? Additionally, there's guys out there that say, look, if I'm talking about, I want to get married, I'm going to be scaring away a lot of the women that's just trying to have fun. So you use this communication to your advantage. So the first question, and I mean, I'm going to give you the, the, um, the, the punctuations and everything, right? Please is, do. Is going to be, <laughs> after you introduce yourself, you, you, you show some interest, you show some points of contact, and I, I show how to do this on dating apps. Essentially, you're going to get to this part at the end. I'm curious, and you can say this in person. I'm curious, comma. What are you ultimately looking for, or hoping to build to, comma romantically question mark This okay. question sounds so okay. Simple.
0: Question mark
1: This sounds so simple, but it gives you more than okay. So, what you looking for? So, what brings you on this app? Because these questions come up so much, it's like hearing something repetitive. It's like a a a um. It's like seeing a viral video, like you already know what the answer is supposed to be because it comes out so much. So you dress this question up and you add some, some big features in there, right? Ultimately, it's huge. I'm curious, it's basically saying that, hey, you've intrigued me to the point of me asking this question where it sounds more natural. Romantically, also says that, hey, I'm looking for like me and you, like if we were to go somewhere, like what are you looking to build to? So there's also kind of it's all these hints in this question. Now, if you Wait, are give asking, us
0: the question one more time with all okay. the punctuation's included,
1: I'm curious. Okay, comma. Mm-hmm. What are you ultimately looking for, mm-hmm. or hoping to build to, comma romantically? Question mark.
0: Semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So. What happens is when individuals answer this question, if you really want marriage, like your end goal is marriage. When you ask that question, if a person does not say marriage, if they're not able to communicate marriage, you're done. You're done. Because you want to be able to interact with a man that can say exactly what he wants. He's not worried about what you believe, how you're going to react. He knows what he wants and he can communicate it. If a person cannot communicate what they want to a complete stranger, how are they going to communicate anything to you when they start developing feelings, they're in love, you're in a relationship or more? This is just simple communication. And what I found is those individuals that are able to communicate that typically fall within that 14%. And as you continue that questioning process, you filter out the rest of the 86%.
0: Mm. so here here's another thing that just popped into my mind as you're saying this is i feel like you are requiring that we hold our standard specifically for communication fairly high and i noticed that myself and women that i talk to we give men a pass Lots of times when it comes to communication, especially, and we kind of create this self-fulfilling prophecy for them that, oh, I know this, what he thinking, but even though he didn't say it, right? Like I- I'm gonna give him a pass because you know I- his actions say so, or his da 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 blah blah, blah. But the reality is, I have encountered a lot of men who are poor communicators. Yeah but I've allowed them to continue to be poor communicators because I haven't required that they communicate better. Right. I've allowed them to skate with, Oh girl, you know how I feel about you. Oh, my, one of my exes used to say that all the time. And he'd be like, Oh, you know how I feel? No, 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 I don't. I don't. Right. Like, or, you know what I mean? Like saying things like, um, it's not coming to mind, but I'm sure every woman out there can fill in the blank for the types of communication that they have allowed a pass for that had they not given that pass on the front end, they could have maybe saved themselves potentially a lot of heartbreak on the back end. But I'm curious to know from you, have you encountered a lot of men who are great communicators? Because I have not.
1: So think about these numbers again, right? In that 14%, you're going to find those communicators. So when you look at the dating environment and you, if you're looking out there, you're going to see more 86 than 14. And 14 is, becomes this rare obscurity.
0: because Like unicorn.
1: Mm. It, it seems that way. But if I'm going fishing and I'm looking in the grass, I'm not going to find fish. <laughs> like, I got to get to the water. Okay. And then even if I'm in the water, for example, you know, if I want to, if I want to catch salmon, right, we're both based in the Georgia area. Mm. I'm not catching salmon in Georgia. I'm not. I got to go to the Midwest. I got to go to the West. I have to go where the salmon are. And what so many singles are doing right now is going to the water. They're going to the catfish pond, catfish pond, and they're looking for salmon. They exist, but not in the catfish pond.
0: Okay, so, so okay. where will I find these people? Where, where, the, where the salmon pond at?
1: We find them through vetting. So okay. think about it. I'll give, you, I'll give you this analogy, right? If I'm going to a fishing spot, right? I got a lake. I got a whole bunch of water. I got a whole bunch of dirt. I got a whole bunch of rocks. Once I can get through the water, the dirt, the rocks, I got fish. So there is a high turnover rate in questions, but that's why that first question is so important. That first question gets you quicker to that 14% than any other question that you can ask. Now, remember, there's other questions that come after that, but that starting question is most guys cannot communicate that, especially if you're looking for marriage. If you truly, your end game is marriage and you're asking a man, what is he ultimately looking for? are hoping to build too. And his answer isn't, leave him alone. But (laughs) we, we we allow singles to live in this ambiguity. And then we start building up this person. We start making this person to be what they are. And that's why I believe the vetting is important because we're going off of, like you said, the communication. We're holding ourselves to a higher standard and them to a higher standard. But if we don't have that abundance mindset to know that, guess what, that 14% does, that 14% exists, and it's okay to let the 86% go, when you focus and you, 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 you operate in that scarcity mindset, you start grabbing onto that 86% and it hurts you. And that's why the dating environment right now is filled with so much hurt, pain, trauma, and drama, because you have individuals with a scarcity mindset That's grabbing something that's going to end up hurting the man.
0: Well, I think that to credit one of your your earlier points, right? And so I feel like looking back on my dating history, I think I've been swimming in the 86% pool for the entirety of my dating history which probably is not uncommon. And so I think that, you know, to your point about you don't want to be getting into those situations too often, because I think they create a sense of hopelessness. Right. And so I'm 32 years old. I've been dating for like 15 years now. And so you can get into a a sense of hopelessness where you're feeling like, Every single guy that I meet is this way. And so you're like you you start to lower your expectations expectations because you're like, well, maybe that guy doesn't exist. Right. Like maybe he only exists on movies and television because the guys that I've actually met in my 15 years of collecting data is the dude who can't communicate and the dude who, you know, is not looking for what I'm looking for. And then If it's 86%, your friends probably swimming in the 86% too, right? And so you're looking at their data and you're like, dang, like everything that I'm seeing is like, even women that you know who are married, like a lot of married men ain't great communicators either. They ain't doing everything they are supposed to be doing. And so you could live an entire life never having come into contact with a 14% person yeah. And if you're always, you know, even if you're feeling like I'm a salmon, if I'm always swimming with catfish, you may be- start to believe that the salmon is wrong with, this. <laughs>
1: like, with <this. laughs>
0: They don't <laughs> exist, and so you do start to lower your expectations because you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just try to find the best catfish I can find.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's it's. it's It's hurtful to hear because a lot of people are doing that. And I I almost did that myself and God to be the glory, right? I'm not in that situation, Um, but life taught me that. And that's one thing that I definitely wanted to say, you know, when you're out and you're collecting data, you're allowing your external environment to dictate your life and your situations. And what I'm really trying to get singles to do now is go inside because we don't need to collect this data. We don't need to just accept what is and in, in what's right and what's wrong and no, we don't need to. At this point, most singles, and when I say most, I mean most, right? They know what they want, what they're looking for, what they, what, they, what they want to experience and what they wanna feel. It's time for us literally to start listing that down on paper. And when a person does not meet that expectation, that standard, we let them go. Because I don't care what you believe in. I don't care if you believe in God. I don't believe, I don't care if you believe in energy, um, karma, source energy, Krishna, Buddha, uh, Muhammad, whatever it is, all of these, all of this, this spectrum of religion and beliefs and values, I know this goes straight through all of them. If you accept 86 cents in your life, you will never get a dollar you don't value the dollar, you took the 86 cents. So if you accept less than, that's what you're gonna get in life. No matter if we talk about the talents, our stories, you know, in the Quran, et cetera, if you accept less, that's what you get. There's a poem called The Wage by Jesse Rittenhouse. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't heard it, I suggest you listen to it, you read it, but The Wage, man, that poem is so powerful. And at the end of the day, you count your score. You can have whatever you want from life. We can have it. But everybody in your life right now, you have what you must have. Because think about it. If that job would have offered you 10, dollars dollars $30,000 less, would you be there? But they offered you the right amount that you accepted. And that's what so many singles right now have in their dating experience, what they accepted.
0: Well, I, I I do agree with you, and I feel like that does resonate with you. But as a black woman, a woman, a woman of color, I feel like part of the problem is that we have been conditioned to be okay with settling. And that's yeah. not just in dating. That's in our careers that we have been conditioned to say, like I'm only going to show up as twenty percent of myself at work because, that's the only way to be accepted here. I need this opportunity. And so I am going to accept making $20,000 less than my counterparts. And even though I know I'm worth more, they're not going to give me more. So I'm just going to accept that. And so I think that we have been conditioned for a long time to just take whatever you can get, because that's probably the best you're going to be able to do. If you were going to be able to get better, they would have offered you more, right? If they were going to accept you in whatever form that you could show up in, then they wouldn't have asked you to straighten your hair, right? And so there have just been so many areas that we have just been told that who we are in our rarest form isn't good enough. That we've settled for being a, a watered-down version of ourselves in order to be palatable and tolerable. And I, I think it even extends to just um, a wanting to a feeling of wanting to be desired. And wanting to be accepted, and so often black, we are told as black women that we are unlovable, right? Like we are too feisty, we are too loud, we are too emotional. We don't need a man, and we don't make a man feel whatever, whatever, whatever. That we we just have internalized so many of that, and so many of those things that there is, I think, for a lot of black women, just a sense of hopelessness, and there's no way that I can show up that's good enough in a lot of places, you know, and I'm just going to take whatever comes my way because of that.
1: Yeah. It, it, it hurts my heart to hear that. And with a lot of women that I've worked with, they've had that same mindset. Now my specialty is dating. All right. And I can <laughs> tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt when it comes to dating, that is a limiting belief. And I know it's limiting belief because it does not matter who you are. If you believe in whatever you believe in, I don't know any religion, any belief that says that there is, it's just an unbalanced world. Like there's no balance whatsoever at all. So if you believe in God, you believe in, if you believe in Christianity, we live in a balanced world. So there is a counterpart to who you are. And it's not one person, right? I believe that it's a frequency of a individual. Um, Nikola Tesla, one of his, my favorite quotes that he has is if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, there is a person that vibrates at a frequency that is the equivalent or a complementing frequency to whatever you are, whoever you are. So there's a person looking, if you believe, oh, I I believe I'm loud and I'm this, and there's a person out there right now looking for that person. But if you are not true to who you are, that magnet, that inner light does not shine bright enough for that person to see because it's being dimmed down by dirt and limiting beliefs and et cetera, and they can't see your light because you're hiding it. So I think what you have to be able to do is know exactly what you want, okay? That's a man that's going to be looking for that. Not accepts it, that's looking for it. Then you find out the dots to yourself. Now, what so many singles will do, and some of my clients have done this in the past, sometimes we'll go off of what we prefer, but not what we match with. Mm Because we don't want what we match with, but we want what we prefer. And that's another reason why there is a lot of, mismatching because we're going after the guy that we're used to, used to, used to, used to. Mm. But there's a guy that actually matches up with our DNA, our relationship DNA, our dating DNA that we may not even be looking at. So that's why I say you really have to know what you want. And a lot of times you can work with coaches that help you find that. And when you do, your whole dating experience changes.
0: Mm. I feel like I need a coach. (laughs) anybody else raise your hand anyone
1: (laughs) i'm so glad we're talking about it because it's it's real (laughs) and it causes a lot of frustration out there
0: it does and and i think that you said like as a woman like you know are you accepting less in your professional life she probably is right like on the outside it may not like oh she's got a great job she's but she's probably still knows she's worked so much more and she accepted because it was good enough. Like, I, I will highly contend that the same woman who is accepting less in her dating life is accepting okay. less in her professional life and her friendships. Even if on the outside it looks good, she probably knows in her heart she's worth so much more in every area of her life. And so, yeah, I I don't think that who we are in relationships is like static, right? Like we we are doing those things and those uh, shortcomings are permeate, permeating every area of our life. And I can tell you that for myself, like I have struggled with that so much and people will look at my life and look on the outside and like, oh, it looks great. But half of this ain't what I want half of it. Right. And so that's, and my listeners know, like, that's what this podcast is about for me. It's getting, it's part of my spiritual, emotional growth and journey of getting closer to the things that I want in my life and less of the things that look good on the outside. Cause I've had the boyfriend, the fiance that looks good on the outside and it's miserable on the inside. I've had the job that looks great on the outside. And I'm like, right. I've had all of those things and it looks real good, but on the inside, it doesn't feel great. And so I feel like I need a coach because I feel like I've dated the same guy for the last 5 years of my life. <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about. Like you you go for the things that you prefer and all this la la la, but I don't I don't even know like how to find somebody at my frequency, quote unquote, because I I, I that's what I thought I was doing, but the fact that I have dated the same guy that's the wrong guy is telling <laughs> you
1: know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this to you and this is going to resonate um for a lot and I, i'll show why this happens right Okay. let's say that we were in dallas texas right okay southern central united states um and we turned on the radio right we turn on the radio to 94.1 What we do in dating environments is we we go around, we we, we drive around, we try different areas, different people, different heights, different weights, different sizes, different races, all of this stuff, right? But we leave Dallas and radio's on 94.1 and then we drive to LA, then we drive to Seattle, then we drive to Chicago, we drive to New York, Boston, double down, we hit Atlanta, hit Miami hit New Orleans, come back to that. Every station that is 94.1, we will hear. But it's until we physically turn off the radio or change the dial, we do the work to change the dial, it would allow us to experience other channels. And so many singles right now have that dial tuned in and they're moving. And I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get off the station, but it stays there. It's like it's following us. Um, so what you were able to do is when you look back and you start to see, okay, am I attracting these individuals into my life? Are they, are I being, am I being attracted to them? Then we start to peel back these experiences, we start to learn from it, and then we go inward, we do the work, and then we don't have to have the external dictate our reality. So it's just a change, it's, it's a difference of, of mindset, it's a difference of approach, where we start to really hack away at, okay, what was it about these particular people? How did these situations come up? How did we start the relationship? What was, it, was it the fact that I liked the fact that they took the lead and et cetera, et cetera, but they took the lead because I really wasn't who I was? Like, we got to figure out what was the pieces in this, 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 this uh, machine that causes this to repeat in our life. And it doesn't matter what you do until we actually go inside and we start moving things around. It's, it's not going to change for us. But I, I love the fact that you shared that and we're open and vulnerable to because so many women are dealing with that right now.
0: I know. I know they are. I know they are. Ugh. well, I'm, I'm so appreciative of your help and advice today. Thank you. We just going to retitle this episode. Uh, DM fix your life. <laughs> fix, <laughs> <laughs> fix my life. <laughs>
1: Hey, I'm I'm glad I'm <laughs> glad we we did this podcast because it's, it's it's real it's real
0: and that's what we try to do at the sugar free podcast keep it real and so before I let you go I had a couple so we normally do our sugar free quickies but before we do that right. I can't forget if we want to work with you where can we find you what are some services that you offer because you know I might be secretly writing them down for myself. <laughs>
1: So, really good things, right? Um, If you're listening to um, this podcast, the best thing to do is tell me that you heard this podcast um, on Sugar Free -free Podcast. um, Hop over to my IG. Send me a message on there. It's dwoods.advisor, all right? And what I'm going to do, no matter when this comes out or whatever, um, I'm going to give you a couple offers. So, my first offer that I'm going to give you is going to be, 50% 50% off of a signed copy of my book. Um, my book normally goes for $36, um, but I'm going to give it to you for 18 And for somebody that might be like, oh, that's a lot for a book. Well, let me tell you, um, that book has over um, 36,000 words. Um, it is 10 chapters plus an epilogue written to my actual physical sisters. Um, At the time of writing my book, I had five sisters that were black women living in the United States. Unfortunately, one of my sisters did pass um, in October of last year, Um, so now I have four sisters. But I wrote this book for them to really have an impact on their lives and their dating experience. So it's definitely a labor of love. Um, Next, um, if you are interested in a coaching session, I will take off $100 from an hour coaching um for you so just make sure that you hit me up and tell me that we'll make sure we work that out um, and then by time that this is airing i will also have a group coaching offer um, which will be a dollar to join um, it includes the first week and there will be like a weekly cost i think right now that's probably going to be like 13.99 a week but it comes with so many benefits And I think one of those benefits is it brings the coaching sessions down to like our coaching session down to like $77 um, and et cetera. So there's like so many different things that come with that. We meet um, once a week plus other points of contact. So just hit me up on IG and we'll take care of the rest. I'm going to make sure that your listeners have some phenomenal offers. um,
0: Okay. So one, one last thing before we get to these sugar-free cookies, what the DM stand for? You know, I was going to ask what the DM stand for. What's your name? So
1: it stands for <laughs> my it stands for my first name and my middle name so it's just the initials gotcha. uh, but my first name is Darian for anybody that is really really
0: watching <laughs> we really did <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for debunking that myth. And so, there was a couple of other myths that I'm going to kind of hit in the sugar free quickies. Sugar free quickies is a set of quick fire questions that are either or, but I'm also going to throw in a couple of fastballs at you today because I feel like there are questions that we need to know the answers to. Okay, you ready? This is a special edition sugar free quickies. So, for date night, You doing a nice dinner on Netflix and chill?
1: Date night, I'm going nice dinner. I'm going. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Okay. I'm here for it. First date, you paying or y'all splitting a check?
1: I'm definitely paying on the first date. (laughs) Children is not dead, ladies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Tenth date, you paying or going Dutch? Tenth date? Mm hmm.
1: So for me, it depends. Now, I'm a little bit different. So I love to be treated by, um, and I love to treat. So if a woman steps in and my woman that I'm with, and she's like, hey, I want to cover breakfast, I'm all with it. So I want you to do your thing. I'm going to do my thing, but I'm going to make sure I give you a little extra, if you know what I mean.
0: Okay. Wink, wink. Okay, so this is one of uh, my fastball questions. If a man isn't, context- isn't consistent in texting you, does that mean he's just not that into you?
1: I will err off of safety and say if he's not consistent, that means that there's some type of boundary there, whether it's a real one, a fake one, work or not. And if you don't want it there, move on.
0: Okay. What you picking, love or money?
1: Love. Okay, I'm gonna get the money, but I'm I, I, I gotta have my love. We gotta have that
0: first. We'll give you a pass for saying love because of who you are and what you do. But you know, I'm no, traditionally, I'm no, traditionally the only I'm one who says have... money on the show. Everyone, really? says love. yeah, everyone. Give me some love.
1: Let's get it.
0: Well, I'm not saying that I don't in like want love, but. I like, the money. <laughs> I like the money. All right, so uh, dress shoes or J's? Which do you prefer?
1: So I probably got 13 pair of dress shoes, if not, maybe more. I got one pair of J's, so I'm wearing dress shoes all day long.
0: Okay, okay, that's cool. Fastball question. If a guy asks you on a date and he doesn't pay, does that mean he's just not that into you?
1: He asks you for it on a date. It's your first date and he doesn't pay. Something's... Generally speaking, something's not right there unless you fall within another type of dating style. Mm. So there's a bunch of dating styles out there, but generally speaking, that's a red flag.
0: Mm. One more fastball question. If a guy ghosts you, what does that mean?
1: So guys ghost for a lot of different reasons. Um, Right now we live in this environment where if you aren't It's called hardballing. Gen Z calls it hardballing. If you don't meet a certain expectation, they just disappear. Mm. They disappear. Um, Some people can't handle rejection. Um, As a dating coach, I've tried both, and I know that both will work. Um, But I will say, if he's ghosting you, let him go. Have the spirit of abundance and not the one of scarcity.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Final quick fire question. Your preferred dating app, Hinge or Bumble?
1: I'm going with, for me, it was Hinge. That's actually how I met Ooh. my girlfriend, by the way. Um, Bumble is used in certain situations. I would say maybe for older women, uh, for a particular style of woman that may be more dominant um, and maybe be open to a more submissive man. Um, I think Bumble is a really good app. But remember, there's so many different tools out in the dating world. You just got to know what you're looking to do and how you're looking to build it. Because if you're trying to put a nail in and you're using a screwdriver, you might be overworking yourself.
0: Mm, I haven't used Hinge, but I feel like I may need to. Like, um, how long have you? <laughs> how long have you and your girlfriend been together?
1: Um, so we started talking at the end of last year. Oh, okay. Um, so we've been together now for a few months, and okay. it's pretty smooth. So okay, I have no complaints. She did pass my betting. um, So I use my tools. And I do believe because of that, our relationship is absolutely phenomenal. And the communication level is on a thousand. So,
0: very happy. Hey, snap, 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 snaps for you, DM. Well, thank you so much for joining us again today. I feel like I needed this. This was the conversation I didn't even know that I needed today. I feel like I got my playbook, my holy grail, some encouragement and a little bit of uplifting and advice. So thank you. And hopefully some of the other ladies got that too. And so I just want to tell you this, ladies, look, you got the playbook now right? And so if you out there, you ain't finding what you're looking for, don't come back to sugar free and blame me or DM because we told you. All right. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in for another episode of the sugar free podcast. Make sure you come back next week for another episode full of real talk, great conversation, and of course, plenty of the most exquisite tea. That's 100% sugar free. Woo, chow. Mm Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. At Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod, you can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going a eh? with plenty of tea that's 100 sugar free.
1: Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises
0: away and try Formally today!